welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy once again that you tuned in to our program. Uh, I know you're not going to be disappointed today. Well, David, another beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's gorgeous. Man, yeah, beautiful, believe it? beautiful spring day for sure, John. And uh, like I said, this is WNZN Radio, 89.1 FM on your dial. And as I said before and always say, if you have any problems or static with our signal, just simply go to your computer, go to your iPad, and you can live stream us by going www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org, and you get real clear. Although a lot of times we are getting our, our it's coming out this way clear, David. In it the is. Westlake and yeah. Bay. Uh-huh. I think it might depend on weather or temperature. Yeah. I don't know, strength yeah. of signal. I know. But anyhow, all that being said, we're happy you tuned in. We're very happy for this radio station. It's been a true blessing to us and hopefully to our listeners yes. over the years. And as promised, you know, it seems like we've had a lot of guests out of the yeah. past three, four months. Am I right, David? Yeah, we, it, we South have. South Africa, yeah. it Thailand. It makes it really... A, an interesting show. I, I actually uh, like the guests. Yeah. Uh, some people prefer when we're doing the Bible study, but with the guests, we learn so much, yeah, right. and I think it really strengthens our faith. And, uh, you know, at least it does for me when I hear these stories of how God's working in these families and individuals and missionary groups. But I also wanted to uh, put a, you know, I, I wanted to mention that uh, a lot of this is possible because of Mark Ballard and the ability for us to be on his radio show at 89.1 WNZN-FM, and also your son, Mike, yeah. who puts the show together for us and puts us on the podcast. So anyway, yeah, uh, the, back to you. On yeah. that note, anyone that wants to get any of our shows, <clears throat> including today's show, right. simply go to john1421.com. John1421.com. It's my favorite verse when I came to Christ over yeah. 40 years ago. Right. Uh, but everything is archived there by title and by date. Uh, to include the show today. Right. So as you said, David, one of the strengths of this show is we can feature individuals, but also <clears throat> ministries, projects, outreaches, mm-hmm. very different, you know, whether it's with South Africa or Thailand, or last week it was University of Illinois, the Campus Crusade Leader. Yes. And then again, today is a very special guest. Uh, we're going to have Dan Hersham. Welcome, Dan, to the show. Thanks, John. Thanks for having <laughs> me. I'm to have totally you. humbled and honored to be here. <laughs> Good to have you with us today. And uh, this is a really interesting pro- uh, project. Oh, yeah. And, uh, what's going on here. So without further ado, I actually, I think, Dan, I met you in a Bible study groups, if I remember. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We got to know each other. Yeah. I found out a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more of his project and what he's been involved in. So with that being said, Dan, I'm going to just turn it over to you. And maybe you can just share your story, your life story, where you grew up, sure. how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and how God led you. In this very interesting uh, project, yeah. uh, ministry, what you know that you're involved with today, I think our guest uh, is going to surprise a lot of people uh, when you hear what he's involved with. I think it has application for all of our lives, yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay. On that note, Dan, if you just take it away and just tell us about sure, yourself. Sure. Well, um, you know, I, I'm a Jew uh, who believes in Jesus, and that took some time uh, to uh, <laughs> achieve that. Um, you know, I was you know your usual uh, your normal you know east side suburban kid uh jewish kid who grew up in shaker heights and had friends of all you know races religions and that was a, a wonderful upbringing uh you know went to sunday school hebrew school got bar mitzvah i was confirmed uh, it was a uh, reformed judaism environment uh, 
probably closer to uh, you know secular humanism than right. it was to Orthodox Judaism, but mm-hmm. you know certainly was proud of being uh, of Jewish and still am proud of my of, of my background. Uh, now I'm just following my my Jewish Messiah. Uh, so I was. Um, you know, always kind of searching. I always knew that we were somehow connected. Uh, it wasn't in my worldview that it would be Jesus. I right. Mean, uh, funny thing, I couldn't even say the word Jesus for the first year after after getting saved um, because of all the things, unfortunately, done in his name by people who really aren't Christians, mm-hmm. but yeah. in name only. So, um, you know, it, it was uh, something that, uh, you know, again, I was always searching, kind of a spiritual person, always uh, seeking to uh, experience, you know, God, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to go about it. So, of course, I followed what the world was doing, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, I uh, and I knew also that, you know, I wasn't tied to, let's say, marrying uh, another another Jewish, you know, person, another mm-hmm. girl, but I figured I would just marry someone who I fell in love with, and you know, regardless of that. So. Um, you know, I got involved with, uh, well, I, I went to Israel uh, in my, um, actually twice I've been to Israel. Once when I was 10, my parents took me wow. on a trip and really gave me a heart for right. for the land and for the history and, and everything. It was just amazing. We have family there uh, through my uh, mom's side. And um, it was kind of neat because I felt like this could be my home, but really America is my home. It mm-hmm. felt foreign, but yet, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I could you know, possibly actually live there one day, but never really had that burning desire. But um, anyway, I went to Israel um, in, uh, let's see, it was my, between my junior and senior year. I just was tired of, you know, just kind of going through, um, you know, straight from high school to college. What high school? What college? Uh, high school, Shaker Heights Shaker High, Heights. and then I went to, well, I started Tulane, transferred to University of Wisconsin after my freshman year, oh, so I was in Madison, and, um, you know, definitely doing all the things college students were doing, uh, uh, you know, experimenting with everything, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. probably, you know, way beyond what I should have, uh, yeah. but, you know, ultimately that, that was empty, and so, but, you know, so I went to Israel, and uh, was on a kibbutz, and... Uh, and I was doing things I shouldn't be doing, right? Mm-hmm. I was, I was, again, I was heavy into metaphysics. I was astral projecting. I was literally floating around, tethered to my body, doing things, again, I shouldn't be doing. Uh, and I literally got attacked by uh, a demon who threw me across the room in front of four people uh, who just couldn't understand what was going on. Yeah. Now, now you're in Israel at the time. Yeah, I'm in Israel. I'm in Where, Caesarea. Why no Caesarea? Yeah. Caesarea Maritima or Philippi? Uh, not uh, even sure, okay. but one by the coast. Oh, Maritima. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And explain to our audience what a kibbutz is. So a kibbutz is a communal, it's it's actually sort of a true socialist uh, community where you share everything. Uh, this, you know, whether you're doing agriculture, oh. you could be doing, uh, you could be a doctor, you could be a painter, uh, you could be working in, in, you know, feeding people in the in the kibbutz. Uh, so it's really uh, uh, just families who get together to share everything. But commune. Yeah, it was like a big commune, okay. right? Now and, go back to the story. You're being thrown against the no, wall. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> so I, I got really. So what, what I forgot to mention too is I actually got recruited by some folks. Uh, to study Judaism, but but with some Orthodox Jews and experience a real Sabbath and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was actually at the uh, yeshiva for about 
oh, I want to say two, three weeks, maybe, or no, close to a month. And I wanted to go see um, uh, the uh, Dome of the Rock. Sure. And they said, well, you can't do that because it's not a holy land. It's, it's the, the Temple Mount. You shouldn't go. And I said, well, I want to go see it. I want to see the architecture yeah, or whatever. Right. And they said, well, you know, if you do that, you know, you're probably going to be lost. You're, gonna, you're not going to be on the path to righteousness and, and all that. And I said, well, i got to take that chance. i got to find my own path. And he goes, oh, you're probably going to go to some kibbutz after this and meet some, you know, uh, Scandinavian girl, and then you're lost forever. <laughs> well, that's exactly what happened, actually. <laughs> but I, so when I started realizing I'm getting into this group thing thing at, at the yeshiva, I said, okay, I got to leave. And, and yeshiva I, is? Is a place where Jews study uh, the Torah. I'm just okay. doing that for yeah, the audience. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, anyway... Um, I, so with that a crazy experience that I had on the on kibbutz, I went and talked to a. Uh, I went back to the yeshiva when I had a, a couple of days off to talk to the one of the foremost uh, rabbis on the Kabbalah, and he said, "Do not uh, mess with things like you know you are you are dealing with things way beyond your control. Right. You're very powerful forces, and you don't know what you're doing. Just read the good book." And, and uh, you know, that's all you need to do. Just wow. stick to the Bible. So, so how did you get into the other stuff that you were doing? Yeah. Just searching. Uh, wanted to experience. Yeah. You know, I was reading, you know, Carlos Castaneda and all sorts of stuff. And, and I just, I wanted to experience spirits because I wanted to know the soul was real. Yes. That there was things beyond the, what we could see. And uh, so it, it led me down. Mm -hmm. a dangerous path mm. um, and 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 i wasn't finding god that way yeah, right in, in fact when i met my wife um we were um uh, and i did have an experience in israel where god saved me i was literally drowning in the mediterranean sea uh, i was swimming um, huh. and i was the only one on the beach and i was being pulled out by the tide oh boy and yeah. and literally i was fighting fighting and i was getting weak you know i could feel myself just Start, starting to give up and then I remembered oh no no wait there's a coral reef it, it's like 50 yards to the left if I can just get there you know I'll be saved next thing you know I'm on that reef I'm running on the reef cutting my feet and and I get to the shore and I'm just you know and and I realized I didn't even realize what happened yeah. until like literally years later I'm like wait a second how did I get from there to there uh -huh. God God did that to me so, he saved me Dan I don't uh yeah when you when you had this experience, and what happened after you got thrown against that wall? You felt the spirit. Uh, well, I literally, I knew something evil was attacking me. Okay. And, but somehow I was in a prone position, on lying on a cot. Yeah. And I was thrown about 10 feet forward right onto my face. And I crawled out through the door on my elbows, you know, dragging the rest of my body. Because right. right. I knew I had to get out. Right. And, it, it, again, it was weird stuff. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. The people were just like, what just happened? And I was really scared after that. Oh, and, I bet. You know, yeah. but, the, you know, the problem was I went back to school and I continued, right? Okay. I didn't listen. And uh, so I met my wife. I was still involved with this stuff and, and kind of got her involved. And, and ultimately, something's happened. And I said, you know what? This isn't working. And, and you know, uh, we want to raise you know, Jewish Christian children, you know, we, at that point we were just talking about marriage and I said, you know, we got to turn from that. Uh, thank God I did. Um, and I had been involved with meeting, uh, uh, I was, um, starting to meet other, uh, Christians that, oh. that I found to have a peace 
in them that I didn't see in the, in most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, On campus, uh, well, now it was professional. Okay. I, I was I was working in a financial planning firm, and uh, I was mentored by a gentleman who was a, a Christian, Butch Walker, uh, and great guy. And he was always worried. You know, he was very. He had integrity, which I didn't always see, unfortunately, in in planners uh, who thought of themselves first, then their clients second, unfortunately. But he did. In fact, he brought me to see Billy Graham, my wife and I. When he was here at the old uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium, and I, I didn't get it. I liked the music, but, you know, he's saying these simple things, and everyone's going, whoa, you know, and they're raising their hands, and I'm like, wow, this is weird, but okay, whatever. Uh, but, you know, again, planting seeds. And um, and so what happened was, um, you know, now we're – oh, first of all, we had a rabbi and a priest to get married. That was quite – difficult to accomplish I imagine. so we're at the Massastone chapel this gothic looking church and then we had a chuppah and we had a rabbi and a priest and that was that was amazing uh but um you know years into it we have a, you know two kids one on the way we're having financial struggles we're arguing you know we're probably not headed in a direction of uh, our, you know of our marriage lasting sure and uh we were attending after a few years we started attending a unitarian universalist church mm-hmm. because uh, you know, the rabbi and the priest who yeah. married us said, well, you know, you can't do both. It's like raising your kid to be a girl one day and a boy the next, yeah, yeah. and you're just going to confuse them. And we said, well, we'll figure it out. So anyway, we started attending this Unitarian Universalist church and, and, you know, great people and all that. But, you know, after a few years, I'm like, Paula, I don't feel any closer to God than I did when we started. And I've never heard the word Jesus in four years that we've been here. I'm mm-hmm. like, this was supposed to be, you know, Judeo-Christian, <clears throat> yeah. and I don't hear the word Jesus. So mm-hmm. what's going on? Uh, we were also involved in the Amway business and reading Christian success books. And uh, in fact, one of them I actually threw across the room. It had just <laughs> blown my mind, my secular worldview out the door, you know. So I, uh, and God has such a humor because that's actually where, it, when I got saved, I actually, uh, I'll tell you that in, in a second. <laughs> so um I'm going to this success seminar uh, that Peter Lowe put on uh, downtown, and he, you know he would have people like um, uh, George Bush and, and Zig Ziglar, and, you know John Hopkins, all these people. Well, I wanted to really see Zig, yeah. so I went to it, and 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 Zig is saying things that I had heard <clears throat> through through this this business we were in, and about you know the alignment of God first, your spouse second your kids, then your job, then you, right? Being the servant leader. And so that all started lining up to what I was hearing. So I wanted to hear Zig's story. So I'm signing up and I'm like, okay, uh, I know these people are going to call me. So, you know, what religion are you? Unitarian Universalist. I'm very happy. We weren't, but, you know, I don't want anyone to talk to me. And then, you know, how were you raised? Well, we were raised, I was raised Jewish and all that. So, so, of course, a couple of weeks later, I, I get, oh, so I go to the table where I'm supposed to pick <clears> up <throat> materials from some Zig Ziglar. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to hear his personal story, you go to the table. And uh, it was, you know, his story uh, on, a, on a, you know, the old cassette tape. Yeah, right. And then uh, it was, um, oh, the message by Eugene Peterson. I think okay. it was John or whatever. I called it Jesus' Greatest Hits. But it was, uh, so... 
um, I, I'm starting to pray to God, yeah. you know, is, is Jesus real? You know, is he really my Messiah? Um, and, and all that. And I'm starting to read this book and, and, uh, and I'm really earnestly seeking him because I felt that void, you know, in my heart and, and I wanted to connect to God. And, um, you know, God knows that I'm very tuned into, um, you know, media. You know, I was a radio TV film major, University of Wisconsin. I, I'm an avid movie and TV uh, critic kind of and, and watcher, but uh, and also know the history of all that. And, and was a radio DJ. I, I had an acting career uh, right out of college. I was in New York uh, doing some training and uh, did some off-Broadway stuff was with wow. the Great Lake Shakespeare <clears throat> Festival oh, sure. here yeah. in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Are they still around? They are. They're now, well, now, back then it was called uh, Great Lake Shakespeare. Right. Now it's Great Lakes Theater Festival. Got it. Okay. I, yeah. was, I was there when Vincent Dowling <clears throat> was there from the mm -hmm. Irish, from the uh, Abbey Theater in Ireland mm -hmm. and met some great folks there. But, um, so I do have a kind of an acting background. I also have a... Uh, uh, I had background singing and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So, um, in a band. Uh, anyway, so, um, I can't remember where I was. <laughs> so, oh, so anyway, so we're, um, so I, I get contacted by Walter Lieber through this, you know, filling out of the form, and he says, said some interesting things, and he was talking about Isaiah 58. Hey, have you read that? What do you think about it? I haven't read it. I never really read the Bible. I mean, so, and it's funny because people think, you know, now now that I'm, uh, I'm a Jewish Christian, they think, well, you must really know the Old Testament. Yeah, right, I right. didn't read the Bible. You probably know it better than me. <clears throat> but, of course, you know, since then, uh, that was some 35 years ago, yeah. I certainly have changed all that. But um, anyway, so Walter said some things that really challenged me. And I first he said he's a Messianic rabbi. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. You know, well, I believe that Jesus is our Messiah. I'm like, what? And, you know, it was... It was kind of mind blowing. So, but we met, and he was very personable, and and he, uh, you know, he had me, you know, really dig into into the Bible uh, and and all the prophecies of who the Messiah is in, in the Old Testament, how they were fulfilled in Jesus. Yeah, right. So I, I, I'm I'm starting to, you know, and the other thing I was talking about how how God, you know, has a certain message for all of us. So for me, it was radio, TV, and, and music. So every time I'm turning on TV, it's, it's a Jesus archetype kind of person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a movie, same kind of thing. Uh, radio, I'm hearing, you know, words in secular songs about my soul that yeah. I've never heard before. So I, I'm starting to get the message. Then I'm starting to have um, dreams of accepting Christ. Wow. Three nights in a row, I dreamed that I accepted mm. Christ, and I'm standing there, my arms wide open, kind of a lightning bolt of energy goes through me, I'm accepting Christ, and, and I wake up, you know, like almost like in a sweat, and I go, Paul, I had that dream again, I did it three nights in a row, Paul is my wife, sorry, um, and uh, so she, uh, she, go, she goes, wow, that's crazy, well, you know, what do you think about it? I don't know what to think, you know, so I go to Walter, I go, Walter, what does this mean? He sure. goes, being the rabbi. Well, what do you think it means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I think maybe God's trying to get my attention, you know. And so, um, so I'm, I'm reading the book, and then I still, uh, you know, the message book. I still haven't um, listened to the Zig Ziglar tape. Mm -hmm. So I was working for a bank at the time, uh, setting up uh, a trust and investment. Uh, group for a, a small bank, mm -hmm. one of the last independent banks in Ohio, uh -huh. called the Ohio Bank. Well, they were headquartered in Findlay, 
So I had a long drive once a month for meetings. So I put in the tape and uh, it's getting really heavy. I turn it off. And remember how cassette tapes, you turn it off, you have the radio on, the, the music. Yeah, you know, right, right. right. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, again, the secular songs about, you know, the Bible Bell's going to save your soul. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, John Mellencamp song, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's happened three times. Okay, I said, okay, God, I get it, I get it, I'm going to do it. And I was afraid to do this because, you know, am I turning my back on my ancestors? Mm. You know, my uh, we had a lot of uh, ancestors who were killed in the Holocaust yeah. and, you know, just and, and all that. But I said, you know what, I don't care. He's, if he's my Jewish Messiah, I got to follow him. I don't care what the cost. So, um, you know, he said, okay, if you want, you know, say this, you know, after me. So I said the salvation prayer, and you know I expected that lightning bolt. Nothing happened. I'm hearing crickets. I'm in the you know, by some cornfields, <laughs> but I had planted that seed. Right. So Walter had invited <clears throat> me to see uh, the men's group was seeing Dr. Edwin Cole, and I didn't know who we were seeing. We were just seeing some guy. Well, yeah. that was the book I threw across the room. You oh. know, f you know, a few months before, and it was. Um, so we're, so he said, hey, um, I'm picking you up tomorrow for that men's group outing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about it. Sure. Uh, so we go, and my wife comes, goes to me and says, oh, you're going to go to that thing, and you're going to get saved, <laughs> kind of like in a you know, mocking tone. And, and she was raised Catholic, obviously. I was raised Jewish. So I go, well, we'll see what happens. And I don't think I told her at that point that I had did the salvation prayer. Right, right. So I go to this thing, and I'm sitting in this group. It's in the old Masonic Hall. Oh, yeah. And, you know, maybe there's three, 4,000 guys, and um, there's a, there's an African-American guy next to me. I didn't know him from Adam, and I had love for him like a brother. Yeah. And I looked around, and I had love for all these men. They were my brothers. I'm like, oh, my God, that's it. Something happened. Something's changed oh. in me. That's the connecting point. It is hmm. Jesus. And, and um it was, uh, you know, an amazing thing. Uh, and, and I knew I was going to go up when they did a salvation call. How old were you then, Dan? Uh, I was, I want to say like 37. 37, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was 37 because okay. I got married around 30, okay. seven years later. Yeah. So, um, so I go up there, you know, they, they lead us through some more prayers, and I felt that washing of my sins yeah. like that incredible like lightness uh, of getting all the you know the junk out of my out of my body the baggage um and of course when dr edwin cole is talking now and now i'm like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i'm <clears throat> agreeing with everything he's saying like the scales had fallen off my eyes and i had um you know seen a whole new world sure through different eyes it was amazing so i'm I, we started going to Walter's uh, Tikvah Yisrael, mm -hmm. which used to be in Beechwood. Now it's, I think, in Richmond Heights, or I think they may have moved again. But uh, anyway, it was, uh, but it was weird because I'm bringing my wife along, and she's like, you know, uh, this is strange because it's in a Jewish setting, but yeah. it's Christian. And yeah, right. I, I don't quite get it, and yeah. and uh, and I wanted her to get saved so badly. <clears throat> sure. I wanted her to come along, and and she, you know. Because I'd, I'd come home from Bible studies and say, talk to her about things about Jesus. She goes, well, I know Jesus. I mean, I grew up my whole life. I was Catholic from, you know, Catholic schools my whole life. Yeah, sure. And, and he doesn't have any brothers or sisters. He didn't say that in my Bible. I'm like, well, I don't know. This Bible's saying he has a family. I don't know. So, um, so, but what convinced her is she saw a change in me. Okay. Because 
my dad was pretty <clears throat> domineering. Yeah. He was very strict, uh, um, kind of could be could be a little surly. Of course, when the grandchildren came around, he was a totally different guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, for us, he you know we didn't have a great relationship. So um, when she started, so I think when my parenting style was a little more hands off. Um, because I think I wanted to do the opposite of what he was doing with us. But I realized that wasn't working. You know, we had some strong-willed ki mm -hmm. kids that yeah. really needed some boundaries, some guidelines. And so um, she saw me change <clears throat> to become a leader in the family. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how to be a leader. I'm reading about leaders in the Bible, uh, about, you know, good family, you know, men, uh, fathers, and the importance of the fathers in the family, and, and I'm meeting people in, 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 in the temple um, that, we, you know, again, the Messianic temple that, you know, they were mentoring me. Yeah. And, but uh, ultimately, um, she saw the change in me and decided this is real. You know, I want what he has. You know the the whole thing about you know making them jealous. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, terrific. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and so she came along. I, I mean, the first time I dragged her yeah. up there, she wasn't ready. She yeah, was, yeah. I'm just not ready. It was maybe three four months after I got saved, and then um, she came along about I don't know eight eight or nine months afterwards when she saw the change so in that me. Was it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, shortly after that, we started going to a um, uh, a. Uh, Trying to think. Oh, Assemblies of God Church. Okay, called AG. called Word of Grace. Uh, a friend of mine had invited me. Like, and this is this is for everyone. And keep inviting people because it took us like eight times to finally show up. And that's something. Yeah. Mm. And then when we did, it felt like he was speaking to to me. And Paula felt the same way. Like, yeah. You know, the, his sermon was just just speaking to us. Right. And and, and we felt the Holy Spirit <clears throat> very strongly. Yeah. And, and, it, and when I started realizing what it is to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, I wanted more of that. Okay. Yeah. And I also realized I felt that in Jerusalem when oh. I was on, at the yeshiva. The yeshiva was in Jerusalem. I forgot to mention that. And I felt the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know what that was. Okay. You know, but now, now I was, you know, I mean, we would get out, uh, out of our car in the parking lot and our hair in the back of our head would stand on end. Going to we, church. Yeah, going to church. Before we even got in the building, we could just feel the presence of God. Yeah. And, and so it was just intoxicating. We wanted more. And, and I, I try to explain that to people. Like, it's better than any drug or alcohol or sex you've ever had. Yeah. To have that intimacy <clears throat> with God right, there and, you go. and to yeah. feel the love of the Father mm -hmm. is 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 better than anything. Yeah. You know, uh, so you know we we were extremely involved in that. I was on the worship team. I did ushering. I you know we did teaching. You know we did uh, just pretty much everything you can think of in the church. Uh, we were on fire, and uh, you know it was really a uh, you know a great experience. Um, we had now, and then we uh, kind of wandered in, in to different churches, kind of helped set up another church. Mm -hmm. And we're at Bethel Cleveland now in, uh, in Brunswick, hmm. um, which is an offshoot of Bethel uh, Redding out of Redding, California, uh, Bill Johnson's church. And uh, uh, Pastor uh, Steve Witt is, is the senior pastor there. And, and we love the worship and the, mm -hmm. and the word there. And, and, uh, and we've been small group leaders for a lot of years. I can't mm. even, I mean, over, in your home? Yeah, uh -huh. over 10 years. Sometimes other people's homes, okay. but we'll lead. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that uh, since then. Um, and really just started 
kind of getting involved in acting and yeah. writing again yeah. uh, through the church. I was in our last kind of Easter play. Uh-huh. It was an original production. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of getting back into that a little bit, <clears throat> mm-hmm. which is which is exciting. Yeah. Um, but so we, my wife started a business back in about 12 years ago called Storehouse Tea. So she was a graphic uh, graphic designer and was kind of working out of the house while she was raising the kids. Uh, eventually she got to the point of, I got to get out of this basement, I got to see people, yeah, I right. can't take this anymore, the kids are older, they don't really need me around as much. So she was like, well, I, you know, maybe I can start a business, I don't know. Well, she had a friend, unfortunately, who was battling, a, a wonderful Christian woman uh, who was battling cancer. Mm. And so she turned her on to like, you know, really good organic loose leaf tea. Mm. And so Paula was like, wow, I didn't know tea could taste good. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, she remembered Lipton when she was sick and, you know, when she was little and, you know, that wasn't great stuff. So she started getting exposed to this and she's like, wow, maybe I can make a business out of tea and, and connect it somehow oh. with, um, we were really into uh, marketplace ministry mm-hmm. and we still are. That's kind of how we based our, our whole business around. Uh, but um, so her first idea, let's make a uh, uh, like a, uh, a tea shop, okay. you know, and we started looking into that and we we're almost going to sign on dotted line and, and we started realizing, you know, this is a lot of money and, you know, it's like running a restaurant. I don't really want to be tied down to that. <clears throat> so thankfully, the funding got pulled away from us from a family member uh, and then the recession hit in 2007. Oh. Oh boy. So we're kind of glad. <laughs> we we're very glad. But, you know, meanwhile, she learned so much about tea and was, you know, tasting yeah. different teas and having other people like, you know, what should I have in my collection? Because when we first started, she was just buying other people's tea, rebagging it, yeah. you know, which is how most people start mm-hmm. out. Well, a year later, she goes, you know, I'm, I'm artistic. I could probably figure this out. So she started blending different yeah. teas and and experimenting and i was tasting them all along right. with a couple others and you know like yeah yeah you know let's you know so she wanted to improve upon stuff that she already liked so um so she started you know we started at the farmer's market and selling our teas there and uh you know eventually you know we were working out of a actually a co-op kitchen through the federated church in uh chagrin falls yeah we were living out in bainbridge at, at the time and so um you know that's how how she got started and uh you know eventually we got a website and you know we're selling to stores and to restaurants and coffee shops and tea shops and cafes and bakeries etc um now we have 60 plus different uh loose leaf teas 13 different tea sachets all organic uh we believe in fair trade so as much as fair trade as we can get yeah is it really helps the people who are explain that a little bit more so fair trade is uh, you're purchasing the same products, uh, but you are um, making sure that the people who are actually producing it, like like tea pluckers, are the ones who produce, uh, who actually pluck the tea leaf off of a tea or uh, a tree or bush, and then will help with the uh, you know manufacturing process yeah. of that, which could be fermentation, could be subjected to heating, both could be rolling, twisting, all sorts of manipulation oh. of the tea leaf, and uh, but oftentimes they don't get paid very well, and and so fair trade says okay we're gonna uh, charge you a little bit extra. It's l- literally sometimes pennies per pound extra, but we're gonna make sure that money goes to the people who are actually producing okay. it. And so what happens is in those cases, uh, literally 
that you know those pennies turn into uh, you know uh, medical facilities, uh, fresh water, uh, education, all sorts of things, and they make sure that the workers aren't subjected to bad environmental or labor practices. Oh, that's so that's great. So it's yeah. really you know I would just promote you know promote that for anyone when you're looking look for the fair trade symbol. Um, so again, uh, my wife said, you know, hey, if we're going to have tea, let's make it be really good and fresh and organic. Yeah. Um, the, the tea leaf absorbs everything from the air, the water, the soil. So it's, whatever's in that leaf is going to leach out into your cup and you're drinking that. You think you're drinking something healthy. They've done studies on non-organic teas and a lot of them have heavy metals and, and you know, from acid rain and so forth and runoff from cows and God knows what. Wow. Um, so it's really, uh, really important, at least uh, to have a tea leaf that's organic. So yeah. so what we've done and, and part of, you know, my wife's vision and, and really our vision was, again, this marketplace ministry. So how do we incorporate our faith into our business? Uh, so <clears throat> we, we do it, okay, through the fair trade and the organic and all that right. and producing a superior product. Uh, that, that is going to you know enhance people's enjoyment of life, their health. Mm -hmm. I mean, tea has incredible health benefits. Um, in fact, we named it Storehouse Tea because we feel like there's a storehouse of of you know incredible benefits and yeah. uh, in it. Uh, we also uh, it, the our verse for our business is Deuteronomy twenty eight twelve, which is um, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of His bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. Oh, yeah. So we were like, wow, you know, we could, we could stand that. Uh, uh, that's like a rock of our business and what we believe in. Mm -hmm. And that's how we became Storehouse Tea. Well, we also, you know, originally her idea was to work with women coming out of incarceration because mm -hmm. she was working in um, uh, the prison ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, but where we were situated, it just wasn't going to work out that well, um, just because of transportation issues and so forth. So when we moved from the suburbs to um, now we're in Ohio City, we're in the Clark Fulton area mm -hmm. uh, on a street called Walton Avenue, which is uh, off Fulton, but uh, one street just before you hit Clark. So you live there now? Don't live there. That's where our company is. Okay, it's right been on. there for about eight years uh, now. And um, we chose that area for a few reasons, but one of the, the, one of the main reasons is we want to be part of the, mm. the Cleveland community, sure. but especially because of its proximity <laughs> to recent immigrants and, and refugees, uh, and also the highly Hispanic area that it's in. And we want to employ those people, and many times we're employing people that it's the first time that they've had a job uh, mm. in, in, in the United States. Um, Sometimes there's communication issues, cultural, you know, things yeah. they have to learn. Uh, one one girl from, <clears throat> uh, I think she was from the Congo, had never celebrated a birthday, her mm. birthday. She was overwhelmed when we oh, brought in right? a cake and yeah, took yeah. her to lunch <clears throat> and, you know, things like that. But um, so we've we've employed, and mostly women we employ, uh, but from uh, the Congo, Rwanda, Iraq, uh, Iran, um, um, Liberia, uh, Thailand. Um, Is that right? Yeah. Now explain the employment. I mean, what are they doing? So they're part of our production team. Okay. So there's you know a few aspects. There's kind of management, which is my wife and I, uh, and then I handle more of the sales now. Mm. Um, I, I recently joined full time just uh, last September, 
Uh, so I've been kind of holding down the fort with other kinds of jobs. I was an IT recruiter for many years. I've been in, been in sales pretty much my most yeah. of my career. And um, but um, so the production team would handle everything from um, blending of mm -hmm. the tea. Mm -hmm. We have uh, people who are assigned as blenders, uh, and then the rest are on the production team. So what do you do with yeah. that blended um, product? So now we have to put into a bag, mm -hmm. all right? We have to, and we literally do all the sourcing, uh, blending, and uh, bagging and production work yeah. at there. Oh, gee, so okay. they'll handle, you know, putting labels on boxes, putting the uh, tea, which has been bagged, into the boxes, putting the labels on it, the stickers, the closures, and so yeah. forth. So we do everything right there. Yeah, uh, we do have our, great. now the tea sachets we have to send out. We don't have a million dollar plus machine to make the sachets, but, yeah. but we do all the blending and send it out to the co-packer and so forth. But, but you know, once you give out information, Dan, now, yeah. and then we're gonna do it at the end of the show, but I want people to be aware that this service is available, these products, and, and it, it yeah. sounds like it's really having an impact out in that area. It totally is, and and you know, people who try our tea love it. Says some of the best tea they've ever had because oh. uh, it's really fresh, high quality, and flavorful, and and of course it has amazing health properties. So so we sell it direct to the public on storehousetea.com. Great site. That's yeah, one I'm word. At it, yeah. yeah. Storehousetea.com, and then. Um, we do open up for direct sales because we're really more of a wholesaler working, mm -hmm. you know, with these restaurants and coffee shops and so forth. Um, but we open up direct uh, to the public on Tuesdays. We call it Tea Tuesday instead of Taco Tuesday. Okay. I guess you can have a taco and tea, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. we open it up for that. And then, um, you know, or if you're in the neighborhood and you just want to call us up and say, hey, are you guys available for me to come and purchase? Um, we do that really more as a function for people who live in the area or work downtown and, and so forth. Um, but, um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, they can purchase online uh, and, um, and recommend us to your favorite, uh, you know, restaurant, coffee shop, whatever. We'd love to, uh, you know, make that introduction. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we love the fact that, you know, here we have, you know, people who are, many of them are from tea growing areas who are, mm -hmm. you know, immigrants themselves, right. you know, yeah. working to create this product. Um, another thing, uh, a ministry that's near and dear to our heart, which is related to our tea business, mm -hmm. is through Back to Jerusalem. And Back to Jerusalem is actually a Chinese underground church uh, vision, really, since the early mm -hmm. 1900s, uh, to evangelize from the Western Wall in, um, I'm sorry, from the Chinese Great Wall in China to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. And that whole 1040 window, the longitude wow. latitude, yeah. which is the un most unreached people groups for Christ uh, in the world. And basically it's the Great Commission, you know, just uh, right. spreading the gospel and, and making uh, converts and then disciples. And But how they do that is is amazing. So. Uh, not only in China, but really more outside of China in places that are highly atheistic, like mm. North Korea, uh, or, you know, obviously in, in China too, um, or uh, Muslim countries like, you know, Afghanistan, yeah. Iran, Iraq, all these countries, um, and, and of course uh, Hindu uh, countries also, uh, all the way to Jerusalem. Um, they uh, are trained to start a business. So these are underground pastors who are willing to go to these closed countries for, for Christ 
and they set up businesses. Um, you know, it could be a restaurant, could be aqua farm, could be whatever they're trained to, uh-huh. to do, whatever the need may be in the community. Yeah. So these countries look at these pastors, well, they don't see them as pastors. They hear these Chinese mm. businessmen right. who are going to create some economic wealth and employ some people. And of course, they're atheists because they're from China, yeah. right? And, uh, and, and so what they do is they do continue their sort of underground evangelism in these countries. So they'll, you know, on the down low, you know, talk to their employees and then, you know, some of their customers and so forth. Relationships. Yeah, yeah, they create relationships, Mm -hmm. exactly. So, and and it helps to sustain them, you know, financially so they, they don't have to seek outside. Uh, financial help. Wow. Um, and it's it's been amazingly successful. I mean, we hear stories all the time from the from the field. Uh, you know how, like in in Iran, you know, we think, oh, it's all Muslim, mm-hmm. but you know, it was a very Christian country, as you know. Yeah. And um, the, you know, Christ is appearing to people in their homes like incredibly. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that's been the greatest move. Is 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 Christ? You know. Uh, these um, you know visitations, visions essentially. and dreams, visions mm-hmm. and dreams, right? Yeah. And so, but uh, in fact, and even in uh, in fact, Iran has such a need, and Iraq that you know there's such a dearth of Bibles that need to go there, and they want tangible Bibles, um, you know, not just electronic Digital. ones. And, mm-hmm. You're right. So um, you know we're involved in that, and so part of what we do for for that for back to Jerusalem to support this group um, is. We have a line of teas called mm-hmm. um, Schoolhouse Teas, and they were originally they were originally called Schoolhouse Teas because we were supporting the the Yazidi people who were pushed out of uh, Iraq uh, in the old you know, the, the old Nineveh area, area. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they were in the mountains, and no one was had their back because right. you know they're they're not really Christian, they're not Muslim, they yeah. have their own thing. So as a, as a as a show of Christ's love. You know, um, they they built a school uh, while they were up in the hills as they were fleeing ISIS, um, and so originally the monies went towards that okay. of the sale of our tea. So five to six dollars per box, depending, goes to to those kinds of things. Well, after sort of ISIS was somewhat pulled back from there and so forth, um, there's now the new focus, which is called the Martyrs Fund, uh, but it's. Uh, Actually, I'm messing up the the title of it, but the focus of it is financing the education of Chinese pastors' uh, children Mm. who can't go to schools because they're labeled as as Christians, and so they have to go to private schools, many of which they can't afford because, you know, their their fathers or mothers could be in jail uh, or they're being persecuted. I mean, she is the most, uh, you know, the current uh, uh, prime minister of... um, China has been very repressive. I mean, it's been it hasn't been this bad essentially since Mao. I mean, that's how bad it, yeah, it's it bad. is. Yeah. It's extremely difficult. So, uh, so that's where the monies go to now. So we have a line of about seven teas that we uh, sell through the uh, BackToJerusalem.org site or through our site. You can get to it also directly. Is your online growing is your online business part going it is it is i mean you know originally it was very small now it's about 28 percent we'd like to get it to close to 40 50 percent at some point uh but it it is growing and um you know we we love that aspect because um you know <laughs> we, yeah. we just fulfill it we don't have yeah to, you don't have to we have better have, margins so we can sure. employ more, more people right. and that's right that's our right. whole goal right um 
but um, mm-hmm. you know my my uh, my wife is really amazing. I mean, she's parlayed three hundred dollars into this business. I mean, she did a logo for a friend, made three hundred dollars, started this business, and twelve years later. You know, it's got to the point where I could join the the company. It could sustain us as a family. Plus, you have employees. Oh yeah, we right now we have about I think five or six employees. Um, so yeah, that's terrific. A nice facility, right? Yeah, that's amazing. How yeah. God has just blessed this. And 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 back to Jerusalem, uh, we're actually going to be. Uh, they're going to a uh, a conference in. Um, we're going in Dallas in October. I don't remember. It's it's kind of about the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a, a woman named Miriam Ibrahim. She wrote a book called Shackled. And Sounds she, familiar. Yeah. She's a Sudanese Christian woman who was uh, basically um, sent to prison just because she married a Christian man. Yeah, okay. And, and they expected her to be to, to convert to, to Islam. Sure. She wouldn't do it, she refused. She had like a six-month-year-old at the time. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I think he was about one or two. And then she was pregnant, which is the only reason they didn't kill her right away. They, they couldn't kill her while she was, mm. you know, had a child in yeah. utero. So, but she was tortured, you know, the whole time to, to you know, recant her Christianity. She wouldn't do it. Uh, they, they tried to uh, get her to miscarry by, uh, by the things that they were doing. They would put her in the back of a, of a truck and, and you know, uh, kind of ride wildly so she would be rolling around. Sure. Um, and, and literally, when she did eventually um, uh, have the baby, uh, they made her do it out in the middle of a yard in the dirt with no lights on at night, with no help. And, and, but thank God the, the baby was healthy. Um, thankfully, she was eventually, there was a lot of uh, national uh, or international pressure mm-hmm. on them, and they eventually released her. Uh, wow. and, and there's amazing stories of miracles about how that whole thing happened, too. Yeah. But uh, there is, uh, you have to read the book, uh, but it's, it's available, too. Um, and so um, another ministry that I think, you know, we're starting to, to get interested in, I think one that maybe you know, John, is this uh, Prayer at the Heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually birthed by a Catholic businessman in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Joel um, Soltis. Yeah, Joel Soltis. And, um, and, of course, they have Gerald Long, uh, who's Gerard Long, sorry, who's... Uh, was the uh, CEO of, of the Alpha Ministries and, and was recruited to be part of this. And, and he's, a, he's an amazing man of God. Uh, and, and I love what they're doing because we all see what's going on mm-hmm. in the United States. Right. I mean, there's just such moral decay <clears throat> because yep. God has been taken out of the schools, been taken out of you know, every facet of life. Um, and, and their mission is to ignite uh, a great spiritual awakening out of a national movement of unified, humble, desperate prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, you know, it, it's just an amazing mission. Uh, they started out in the geographic center of Kansas, mm-hmm. and now they're going to be in the geographic center of all the states this year. Mm-hmm. And I think next year their vision is to have it in every county of every state. Right. Uh, to have, you know, people praying for the soul of, of America, to have a revival. Uh, to you know, for 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 just Christ to be you know the center of our lives again, right. not not something that if yeah. you say you're you're you know somehow humiliated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, any that's kind of what what uh, the question, kind of my story. Any questions? Wow, that's you guys amazing. Have? amazing. No, it's Dan. it's a great story. Um, 
and and the fact that you are you know putting your faith forth and putting these uh, you know these quotes on on your materials your product you know it shows you that you really are centered on Christ so uh, well, what's been the biggest change since you've become centered on Christ in your life that you can see well, uh, how has it changed you I mean, you know you yeah. mentioned it right. you know that the scales came off you have a different view of people you know you love your your fellow Christian man and brothers and sisters, but but what else? How has it changed you as a father, as a husband? Well, you know, again, I think I always knew there was a unifying yeah. force in the world. Yeah. Again, didn't know it was Jesus, and I think I may have mentioned to you before we started that mm-hmm. I couldn't even say the word Jesus mm-hmm. for the first year. Yeah, I could say Yeshua, but all the awful things that were done to the Jewish people and other people uh, in so-called the name of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. So certainly my understanding of who Jesus is as part of the mm-hmm. Trinity has, has opened up so much for me. But I think my uh, thing is, I, I've, and one thing that I've done on the side too is mm-hmm. I've led Messianic Passovers at churches. I've done that for about 15 years. Wow. I haven't done it the last couple of years, obviously, because of COVID and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but something I'm, I want to get back into. But sort of I feel like you know, my life verse is Ephesians 2, 14 through 18, which is talking about, you know, how Jew and Gentile will become one new man in Christ. Mm. So that's sort of my hope um, in, in that, you know, I could be a unifying force that, you know, to, um, you know, to further that, that whole uh, bringing together mm-hmm. of, of Jews and Gentiles and really all faiths um, to to understanding of, of Christ um, there's a uh, a great um, uh, guy in uh, he's he's part of the um, in Kansas City the uh, what's the uh, ministry um, I'm blanking right now yeah well, I'm not sure. Uh, it, yeah, I'm not sure. You're, t- you're not talking about prayer at the heart. You're talking about a different one. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, that Mike Bickle who started the 24-7 prayer. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, what, I forget I forget the name of it, too. Right. Oh, um, House of, International House of Prayer. Oh, I see. Okay. So okay. International House of Prayer, there's a guy there named... Um, International House of uh, Prayer. Yeah. Smoller. Um, blanking on his first name right now, but... That's what he does uh, as part of that group, and and so that you know my heart is really towards um, you know all all of us seeing each other as brothers and sisters in uh-huh. Christ, um, and and you know I, I mean I've studied a bit um, I don't have a theology degree mm-hmm. like you John and but uh, I have studied some uh, <clears throat> in the Bream Bream College oh, that yeah, I was yeah. with the Assemblies mm-hmm. of God and and. Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, again, you know, if, if just through micro marketplace ministry, through mm-hmm. works that, that my wife and I can do, um, you know, certainly we want to be part of that. Of, of What God is doing today. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a Jewish man coming to Christ, this is, this is in the last 20 years, there's been this great move. I, I don't yeah. know. If you're familiar with it, I've referenced this before mm-hmm. on YouTube. One for mm-hmm. Israel. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's amazing. I mean, your testimony could be on there, Dan. I'm serious, but well, it's this amazing what's going on. And yeah. these are Jewish men and women. Uh, some are quite strong in their in the Jewish faith, you know, in bar mitzvah like you 
But then they start reading the Old Testament or something happens and they have a dream or a vision mm -hmm. and they start pursuing, could Jesus indeed be the Mashiach? You know, could he be the promised Messiah? And boy, some of these testimonies and that is really an incredible thing going on. And so I'm, you're unique in that sense, Dan, because we haven't had many uh, Messianic Jews on the program. I'm trying to think, David. I don't think we Way have, back, Jan. we've been yeah. years. Was the, yeah. But that's pretty impressive i mean in the sense how god is reaching in all Absolutely. corners of the earth right and even the fact you were in a kibbutz <laughs> caesarea yeah. israel involved in yeah uh, all these other yeah. metaphysical and the kabbalah and everything else and to go from that to this but how can our listeners what can they do what would you like them to do maybe go to your website dan or yeah certainly yeah certainly you know um I would definitely go to the Back to Jerusalem site, you know, mm -hmm. the prayer at theheart.org, certainly storehousetea.com, uh, and, and the one for Israel, like you mentioned. The YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, is amazing. I mean, I, I can't watch one of those without tears coming to my eyes. Wow. I mean, they're so powerful, so well done. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I do think, you know, um, you know, am I part of that remnant, uh, you know, yeah. of the end times? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, all I know is that, and it's funny, I, I really was afraid at, when I first became a believer to talk to other Jews mm -hmm. about my faith. Mm -hmm. Now well, I sure. don't care. You right. know, I mean, yeah. use me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, oh, one book I want to mention that's really helpful if you want to help to, um, you know, evangelize, you know, Jewish people uh, is called uh, You Bring the... You bring the bagels, I'll bring the gospel. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And it's, a, it's the only book I've read about talking to Jewish people about Christ that I rings see. true to me. You know, Once it, again, that was called what? Uh, you bring the bagels. No, I'll bring the bagels, you bring the gospel. Something of that. Uh, I, I've given away so many times I don't have it anymore. But I'm sorry. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it. So um, anyway, yeah. So I would say, you know... Um, and it's all about relationship. Yeah, you know, whenever yeah that's right. You bring the bagels, I'll bring the gospel. Okay, oh, you yeah. bring the bagels, I'll bring the gospel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really a, a great book because, you know, even when I, and, and I've been trying to talk to my mom and other family members, and I have to be very careful in the words that yeah, I use. Yeah, sure. And, and, you know, like, yeah. I don't say I, I went to church because mm -hmm. even the word church sort of strikes fear in them, right? right? So right. I say I went to services because yeah. that's something that we would say, you know, growing up, we're going to services. Um I, I, you know, I would use the word God more than I would, you know, Jesus at first, you know, because again, or scriptures instead of right. New Testament or gospels. And, you know. Right. I would yeah, use yeah. the Old Testament, yeah, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, that was powerful when I found out that there were over, you know, 300 messianic prophecies that were fulfilled through Jesus. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. You know, that opened my eyes oh, yeah. and, and, and it made me to think, wow, maybe, you know, the rabbis 2000 years ago you know, didn't have it all together. <laughs> like Paul, like mm -hmm. before Paul was Paul, he was Saul, and he had access to the Old Testament, yeah. but it just didn't, his, those scales didn't fall, but mm -hmm. when they did, literally the world would never be the yeah. same. Yeah, no, literally. But he also believed that it really helps to read the Bible through Jewish eyes, yeah. through Western eyes, mm. because you miss the nuances of what Christ was saying, because he was talking to a largely you know, Jewish oh, population, yeah. right? And and so if you can, uh, you know, there are uh, great Bibles, like mm -hmm. there's the, the um, I think it's called the, the Jewish um, Bible, I forget the name of it, but, um, you know, and there's, you know, other kind of books that can help you to really understand 
the um, environment that, that Jesus was in. Obviously, he was a Jew talking to other Jews. I mean, uh, so people ask me, isn't it, you know, how do you become yeah. a, a Jew? You know, how do you become a believer? I go, well, I'm just like the, the old disciples. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, they were all Jewish men who to followed the their Messiah. To and that's the all first. I'm doing. Right. Well, thank you, Dan, for taking time out of your busy schedule. Once again, this is WNZN Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. And we've had another special guest, Dan Hirschman. And please go to his site. It's really easy to get to, storehousetea.com. And everything is on there. Everything Dan's been talking about in terms of the product, the teas, Mm -hmm. as well as the ministries that are involved here, uh, Back to Jerusalem and some others. So, again, thank you. Maybe we'll do a follow-up in the fall. You're going to have more teas available (laughs) to us. and uh, We hope to even get down to your store. The storefront there, Dan. So thanks again. Thank you, David. Any comment, David, you want no, to say? No, just, uh, you know, Dan, uh, it, it's really, uh, you know, it, it drives your faith when you see your background, your story, how you kind of, you know, explored other things. And now that you're totally fulfilled being centered on Christ. And I think that's really an important element to share with people because they realize, you know, that they're trying so many other things, but yeah, it's right. short term. Right. And, and with this, with our faith, it's long term. It fulfills you every day. It's not a quick fix. And, and so, yeah, and, and God keeps providing for you now with this company and what you're doing for the community. Yeah, and I would just say, yeah. you know, the world will never satisfy you. Yeah, no. you know, I agree. There's a reason uh, Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction, yeah, right. right? You can only find shalom I'm with in you. Jesus. Shalom. Amen to that. Yeah, I love that word and, and all its meaning. God bless you, Bill. Thank you.